Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. It's time for another edition of Your Financial Mission. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus, the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. And on today's podcast, we're talking taxes, politics, changes to the framework of our country from a tax perspective. And I can't wait to get Janine's thoughts, opinions, and I don't know, I guess you're kind of pulling out your crystal ball a little bit here as well, Janine. We're going to kind of try and read the tea leaves or see what direction things are heading in. I'm not going to maybe ask you to make predictions, but at least sort of kind of read all the different directions we might be heading in with the tax code changes that have been proposed and all the reactions to them. It's been an interesting last couple of weeks, hasn't it? It absolutely has. And I think folks should keep in mind that this is a tennis game and a lot of things are being lobbied back and forth. <laughs> yes, yes. And and what we're talking about here, just to sort of set up the framework, Janine, is going to have a huge impact on, I mean, every American, but especially people who are approaching retirement or maybe even already into retirement and you're kind of trying to plan for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of living in retirement, put into frame for us how big these changes could impact those folks in particular who are kind of, you know, reaching that stage of life. We don't know exactly how things are going to play out, but it's pretty high stakes here, right? Well, a lot of things are going to happen with regard to income taxes and business taxes. I, I think business being the focal point. Retirees, depending on where they get their income, if it's pensions, yes, there could be some effect there. But what they do with the tax brackets is going to be more important for retirees. So, And also then, again, depending on where you get your income from, if it's just Social Security, it's not going to be as big a deal for you. But if it's Social Security plus a pension plus distributions from qualified plans, then you've got a little more of an issue in terms of what the tax brackets are going to be. So whatever they do with the tax brackets is going to affect retirees as well as those earning incomes. So just for full disclosure here, we're recording this podcast on October 11th. So if you're listening a couple of days after we've recorded, a lot of this information that we're about to go over is going to be very current and relatively accurate. But if you're listening to this a few weeks after that, and by the way, the year is 2017, just in case you stumble upon this a year from now online, you know, things obviously can change over that span of time. So just keep the time at which we're talking about this information in perspective. But in the here and now, Janine, catch us up a little bit on kind of where we stand, what's been in the news in terms of the tax code changes or the proposals that have come through. What have been, there's been a lot of headlines. What do you have been sort of the main two or three bullet points of what's been proposed so far? Well, it's interesting that there's always the hyperbole coming out of Congress. And Chuck Schumer says it's completely focused on the wealthy and powerful, mm. not the middle class. That's not true when you look at how the tax code works. And the brackets 
mean a lot to W-2 earners. So that's where you're going to see a lot of changes happen if and when they change the tax brackets. So the winners so far might be corporations with high tax rates. We have, the United States, has the highest corporate tax in the world, 35%. So what they're talking about doing is lowering it to 15 or 20. Now you're going to hear a lot of hyperbole out of Congress that that's going to be an awful thing. Every single time this has been done, we've had an explosion in the economy, job growth, economic growth, and economic growth affects your investments in the positive manner. Yeah. That's why you see the market. I think the latest count is 47, 47 new records this year alone in how high the Dow is moving. And it's because markets are forward looking and they're expecting these tax rates decreases to take place, which affects how businesses can run. And that means more returns for you, the investor. So that's a big deal. Lowering the tax rate for small businesses to 25% is going to be a big deal because most jobs are created by small businesses. And so that's very effective at helping to grow the economy when a business can reinvest uh, the money into more hiring and more growth. So some of the other winners might be heirs to large estates or estate planning. Now, the estate planning attorneys may not like this one so much. But if you do away with the death tax or the estate tax, you know, some people will say, oh, the wealthier Americans benefit from that. But the the issue is you've got all these baby boomers that are going to be passing down inheritances, a lot of them. And that could be very advantageous to the next couple of generations down to not have any taxes on that. Mm. So people who do their own taxes are going to benefit from this because one of the things they're hoping to do is simplify reporting. Wouldn't that be so, nice? <laughs> yeah, that would be, <laughs> They, you know, there. somebody even held up a postcard. This is what it would look like. Well, that would be fantastic. Now that's going to push out H&R Block right. uh, or, or a few others that do those taxes. But if you are a W-2 earner with a 1040 and no special other, you know, Schedule A deductions, that's going to be very easy for you to do. So that could be very in fact, we spend billions a year doing our taxes. You know, that money is not going to be spent doing that. It can be spent elsewhere. High-income households, there are multiple tax code cuts for high-income taxpayers, including eliminating the AMT. Well, and the AMT is a little nebulous in that. And that's it, alternative minimum tax, right? Yes, okay. yes, alternative minimum tax. It was intended years and years and years ago for the high, high earners but it has now reached down to people making $75,000. So depending on what your deductions are, et cetera, and what comes up, a lot more people are being hit by the AMT, and that should have been eliminated years ago. So one of the biggest advantages that they're looking at is doubling the standard deduction. So right now the standard deduction married filing jointly is $12,000. Mm. So if they double it, it's $24,000. Huge. Yeah, huge. So you're taking that amount off your gross. And that's and then, one of those things, Janine, that's beyond the tax bracket. Like that's – people just look at the tax brackets, and I think that's what leads to the headlines of you know Chuck Schumer saying, well, it's only going to benefit the wealthy. Look at, look at their tax bracket has been changed lower, and others haven't been. But you look at all of the other elements that go into this. I mean, a, a dollar saved in a deduction is the same as a, you know, a dollar earned, at absolutely. least in my eyes yeah, here. Absolutely. And that's – that's going to be huge 
for people. Now, they're talking about doing away with the personal exemption. Well, currently the personal exemption is $4,300 per person. So if you do away with that, but you double the deduction, okay, we're, I don't know, we're, we're actually still ahead. Sure. So, so I think that would be advantageous for all of us if they do that. There is a lot of talk on, you know, taxing the rich constantly. And I want to be very clear about this. And I'm going to write an article about this because there's so many visuals that are important for people to understand. A high income person who is a W-2 earner gets no wiggle room in the tax code. So you can expect this bracketology, you're going all the way up to 39.5%. And that's those earning over, I believe in 2015, it was those earning over $480,000. They're the top 1% of earners, but they get taxed at the top bracket of both federal and state. So they have no wiggle room. If you're a business owner or you know some of the wealthy, so that you have to be careful of who they're talking about when they talk about the wealthy. The wealthy might be those taking an income from an investment portfolio. That's completely different. And if it's capital gains, that's taxed at 15 to 20%, not 39, 40%. So there's some hijinks that you have to be aware of when they start talking these different brackets. The losers in this potential tax reform, taxpayers in high tax states. So the plan eliminates deducting state and local taxes from your federal taxes. So folks in California and New York, which are the highest taxed states, will not benefit from this. So that's going to be interesting. You'll, you'll hear a lot of, I think, wailing and gnashing of teeth from those people Accountants might be hurt or CPAs or like we said, H&R Block, because if you make if you simplify the reporting, people won't need them as much. Yeah. And then there's a lot of talk of whether the national debt would be affected. But if you grow the economy significantly, this is not going to be a problem. It's a problem that can solve itself. Right. It's it's not always tied into just what taxes are then paying on the national debt. Other things factor into that equation. Exactly right. And so part of the debt burden is related to spending. And maybe we shouldn't be spending on many of the programs that we spend on. And that's, you know, a topic for a whole different sure. discussion. But that's, it's, it's a one factor issue that should not necessarily drive whether you give people a break in their taxes and let them handle their own money. Yeah. So, and that's a big deal. Just for background, people should understand that the top 10% of earners pay 70% of the taxes. Say that again. Top 10% of earners? The top 10% of earners pay 70% of the taxes. Wow. That's a big chunk. <laughs> it's a big chunk. And so the top 10% is anyone making over 140000 So everybody can do the math there. The folks who are earning decent incomes, and especially in our area, that's most people. We are the top one in 5%, top 10%. It's huge and impact for a lot of those folks. And one thing that I, I guess may be an obvious answer to, Janine, but what are we talking timeline-wise? I mean, if, if all of this gets passed and sorted out, are we talking here in the next few weeks this is all taking place and then it's going to be in place for 2018 taxes or is this for for beyond that it's going to is going to take longer to get all of this flushed out well that's the hard part because as you said at the beginning it's it's a framework and i think that's what people have to remember that the plan that's been 
positioned is a framework that is going to be negotiated into legislation. And so that's why I say it's a tennis game. They're going to be flapping back and forth here or volleying back and forth. And there's still some missing parts, but it's like playing poker. Each side is playing poker. And the problem is it's we're the ones that are affected. So it's very frustrating. President Trump has said that he wants this ironed out this year and within the next couple of months. So I think if he can make the deal, then we'll see what happens. But I think he, I think he's definitely going to get reduction in the corporate tax because we have history on that. Every time it's been done, the economy has exploded. It happened under Reagan. It happened before Reagan. It's just that people don't remember that as well. So, you know, unless you're studying history. Yeah. But there's a big argument positively that can be made for doing this and what it will do for the economy as a whole, which will then drive everything else we do. So keeping in mind that, you know, a lot of the things we've talked about the last couple of minutes aren't necessarily going to be actually implemented, but at least this is, again, keeping in perspective the framework of what's being proposed and some of the possibilities. I know that not all of the details have been released or even addressed or figured out yet, Janine. Are there some of the missing details or at least some of the bigger ones that you're interested to see, you know, kind of come out here? over the next couple of uh, weeks and months to see how they'll take shape? I'm really curious to see what they're going to settle on as far as the brackets are concerned. Because right now we have, I think it's seven brackets, and they want to, uh, President Trump wanted to reduce those to three. The Congress is probably going to say, well, we'll do five. So it's, you know, split the difference kind of thing. Because that does affect W-2 earners, all of them. And then what deductions are they going to allow? Are they going to do the double standard deduction because that's pretty huge. So an interesting article that came out not too long ago about North Carolina. North Carolina cut their taxes despite all the wailing and gnashing of teeth, but they slashed the business tax by more than half to 3% from almost 7%. And then they lowered the individual tax rates. And so then they doubled the standard deduction. And so what, as a result in, I think it's four years now, four and a half years, their economy is exploding. The unemployment rate has shrunk to 4%. And what they're doing is exactly what will happen in this country if we mimic that. And it's pretty significant in terms of growth, jobs that are now open and they, they're looking for people. They can't find enough people for the jobs. So what we want, we I, have I can to, verify, uh, you know, some of those changes, uh, you know, being a North Carolinian and, uh, you know, watching some of those things occur and happen. And there has been good growth. And, you know, Raleigh, the state capital is now, you know, competing to try and get Amazon to come here and, and build their next big headquarters. They're one of the finalists for that and looking to bring in major league soccer teams. And there, there has definitely been economic boon in the last couple of months and last few years. So you've, you've seen it easily, you know, start to explode. The area is just having tremendous growth. And that's certainly something you can attribute it to. And I think it's a lesson for Washington. I mean, the state is now running budget surpluses. I think it reached uh, 447 million in 2015, 430 million in 2016, 581 million this year already. And so those who say, oh, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to pay down the debt. This is going to affect the debt or the deficit. Not necessarily true if you can grow the economy, grow the jobs where everybody's making 100000 or, you know, not everybody's going to make that, but you're, where you start to your median salary goes up, then those people begin to pay taxes. It's very, very interesting when you look at the overall tax picture in terms of AGI bracket versus percentage of federal personal income tax paid. 
And the top 50%, that's those above 39,000, or okay, so it's 2017, roughly 41,000, pay 50% of the taxes. So if you create more jobs that uh, pay those kind of salaries, that's actually very good for the economy. Yep. Yep. Well, I think a lot of that makes sense, Janine, and uh, it's interesting to see all of the different you know, implications that come into play here. What, would you like to see the plan? I mean, do you like the structure and the framework that's been laid out so far? Would you like to see something changed or improved that we haven't addressed yet? Yes, I'd like to see them widen the tax brackets because I think everybody should have skin in the game. We have 50% of the population that pays nothing, gets earned income credits for, for nothing, and people will maybe not like that, but everybody uses the roads, uses you know public benefits, et cetera. And there's an over percentage of people, a larger percentage of people paying for those benefits while there's a very large percentage of the people that pay nothing. So I'd love to see the government rein in some of their spending on stupid stuff, but you know we can all have a debate what the stupid stuff are or is, but I'd like to see them widen the brackets, which is what I think they'll do. And so even if you contract the brackets so that the top bracket is 25%, they might widen the 10% bracket Mm. in terms of income. And I mean, that to me is logical. Whether they do that or not, it's going to be another case. Definitely reduce the corporate tax and bring money back from overseas. Ireland's corporate tax is 12.5%. It's why so many American companies are over there. And now they're worried that if we do this and drop our corporate tax rate, that they're going to lose business because those companies will repatriate the money and the jobs back here. So it's going to be very interesting. I think we're, we're in for some really good debates you know, in the Congress. All right, Janine, that's pretty comprehensive. Uh, in 20 minutes, We've taken all the articles and all the headlines and pieces of information that uh, I, you know I've seen over the last couple of weeks and gotten a pretty good explanation of putting all of this into perspective and into context, which I think is really important. More and more these days, I'm realizing that you know it's not about content, it's about context. And I think that that has helped a lot getting your perspective on these things today. So we know this is going to be an evolving and a changing situation. So last question for you, what's next? What should we be keeping our eyes open for next piece of information or, or, or data or thing to be on the lookout for? Well, I'm in the process of writing kind of a summation and a little bit of an historical context, because I think that word is very important for what taxes do and don't do and what we should look to, because I think people need to understand the context in which they pay taxes. If folks wrote a check every week to the government for their taxes, people would be up in arms more often (laughs) over this issue. Yeah, if but picture that. If you got paid and nothing was taken out of the paycheck, so you you got your true salary, exactly what it should look like, and that you got that on Monday, and then on Friday you had to turn around and send a check to the government and and go ahead and lump everything in, right? Federal, state, <laughs> social security, everything. You've got to turn around and just write a physical check at the end of every week and you look at those two amounts. I, I bet you're right. It would light a fire under some people. <laughs> it really would. And then it's interesting. A lot of people don't budget their own monies coming in that goes into and that goes out as, as I call them. But that's so important to do from the perspective that if you're making an income now and you're going to go into retirement in the near future, you need to understand what it costs you to live now and then what you're projecting it's going to cost you to live later. In the sense of taxes, 
you're just writing a blank check, you know, because the clowns in Washington are the ones that are determining where this money goes. And everybody wants it to go to different programs. You know, the government should take care of the disadvantaged, blah, blah, blah. But yes, but there are other things they're writing checks for, you know, with your money that we shouldn't be paying for. And calling them all clowns is uh, probably (laughs) appropriate and should offend every side, every angle, right? (laughs) We're an equal opportunity offender with that statement. Uh, All all sides of the aisles. (laughs) That's right. I mean, I I have to laugh. You know, it's a flock of birds. It's a herd of buffalo. And it's a Congress of baboons. It's just it is what it is. <laughs> this uh, this American life we live these days. It's That's interesting, right. <laughs> but glad that we have you to help us sort out the financial aspects of it at least and uh, provide a little humor along the way too. If you've got questions about your financial plan, whether it be retirement or even if you're still a few years away from retirement and you're kind of wondering how all this tax stuff might impact you years into the future, just because maybe we get some breaks on taxes now doesn't mean that 20 years from now they won't be double what they are now. Who knows what's going to happen over the next many years? It really underscores the importance of getting a plan in place that can address any tax climate that we might enter into. And Janine can help talk to you about some of those strategies that she uses with her team at Theus Wealth Advisors. Schedule a time to meet and and have that conversation. 443-718-6311 is the number. You'll speak with Gracie and she'll set you up for a time to chat. That's 443-718-6311. You can also get in touch via the website, theuswealthadvisors.com. That may be where you're listening to today's podcast, uh, theuswealthadvisors.com. Lots of great information there. Janine has an office in Columbia, They're in Howard County, so easy to uh, come in and say hello if you do eventually want to meet with Janine. Well, thank you for your guidance and advice on the podcast today, Janine. I'm sure we'll be talking about this topic more over the next couple of months and uh, other things that start entering into the news as well. Uh, And thank you for listening to today's show. We'll talk to you again next time on Your Financial Mission. Your Financial Mission.